For episode 19 of Game Fellas, we have a featured guest, YouTuber Stika. Stika is an expert on new games released on old consoles. Believe it or not, there is still a wealth of games being released on consoles such as the Sega Genesis, the NES, Sega Master System, even the Super Nintendo. And Stika's channel is basically devoted to following these types of games. We also talked lesser known games that shaped our formative years. In other words, games that perhaps didn't get the recognition we feel they deserved upon release, but that we played at the time. And as per usual, we discussed what games we've been playing, which went a little bit longer this time around, thanks to a geek out session we had about Breath of the Wild. So I apologize in advance for that. So then, without further ado, here is episode 19 of Gamefellas. Enjoy. Fellas, the Retro to Modern Gaming Podcast, episode 19. Today, we have another featured guest, who is Stika. How you doing, Stika? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good, man. Uh, I've been a fan of Stika's channel for quite a while now. You liar. No, I, for real, dude. <laughs> I'm kidding. Been. I'm kidding. No, you're one of the ones that I, I watch every video you upload uh, without fail. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. And I think I, I comment on pretty much everyone, too. So, <laughs> but yeah, Sika has been kind enough to join us from Portugal. And uh, his channel focuses primarily on uh, new games released on old consoles. So, that's going to be our main discussion topic later in the episode here. But first, we're going to do what we always do, which is uh, introduce everybody else. Derek, how you doing? I'm not paying attention as much because I'm still like blown away that we beat Streets of Rage before a podcast. <laughs> we did. We did. Me and Derek, uh, and we'll talk about it, played through Streets of Rage 4 in its entirety and beat the game um, in easy mode. So you can make fun you of it. You had to that. say it, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I'm sorry. So oh, we also have Justin from his arcade in uh, the lovely UK. How you doing, Justin? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, I'm happy, happy to be in a uh, respectful time zone timeline and yeah. record, re- recording yeah. when I can actually see the blue sky. So. Yeah, I know. It's am- me, yeah, me too, man. It's, it's amazing. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, I day got the English too. weather. It's raining like crazy all day. All right, anyway, uh, let's get started with what we've been playing lately. So, Stika, you're the guest. Uh, why don't you start us off, man? What have you been playing? Well, that's a bit hard to answer because I play a lot of games at the same time. But... Um, I've actually just finished Legacy of Kind Defiance for review. Sadly, I used to love that series, but sadly I discovered I absolutely hate that game now. Like, did not expect that. What is that um, on? It's uh, on the PlayStation 2, original Xbox, okay. and PC. Okay. Uh, I've also been playing this the, a PS1 game, which I'm pretty sure no one has ever, has ever, ever heard of, called ODT. It's, it's like, it means or die trying. Uh, it's like a mix of Tomb Raider with RPG elements and maybe a little survival horror. It's a pretty unique game that I want to review. And I'm currently looking for new games to, to new uh, new modern retro games to review, but I haven't found any 
any games that are large enough for a full video yet. So I'm, I'm on the hunt for something right now. Okay. Um, are you thinking about uh, covering something uh, outside of your current wheelhouse? Like maybe something that's not, uh, you know, a new game on an old console? Well, yeah, um, I do have a lot of games to choose from. Like I, I've, I've been hoping to do more, more retro, real retro game instead of just like modern games, retro systems in ODT or, or like Legacy of Kane, which, yeah, I, I, it may be controversial, controversial, but I kind of consider PS2 retro at this point. It is, yeah, it definitely um, is. Just look yeah, at I, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is one, one, seri- one video that, that I've been dying to make, and I hope to make it like maybe close to October or November as the movie comes out, which, is, which I'm going to call it every Dune game ever made because there's a lot of them. And hmm. so it, it's basically going to be focused more on, most of them are PC games. So there's going to be a lot of MS-DOS, a bit of Sega Genesis, a bit of Sega CD, a bit of PS One. So Dune, and Dune as in the novel, Dune. The novel, right. yeah. Sorry. Okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Not, not sorry, not the, not the, the first person shooter series. Sorry. Yes. Oh, so you're thinking like, uh, like the the RTS Dune and which was yeah. on was on Genesis and PC and yep. uh, yeah, I and played the, that a lot back in the like, day. Like Dune for the Sega Genesis is pretty interesting because I think it's one one of, if not the only case of an RTS game being comparable, if not better, on the console. It's 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 maybe the yeah. only example because the controls on, on the PC they're they're kind of hard to to get used to these days. I never the, played the Genesis one actually. I played the PC one uh, a ton back in the early '90s, but I never played the Genesis one. The issue with with the the PC version, like if you select a unit, there's no contextual clicking. Like if I click on the ground, nothing happens. You have to go to a menu, click move, and then click on the ground or attack, and then click on the enemy. Where on the Sega Genesis, it's all contextual. If I, if I click on the ground, the units automatically move. So it makes controlling much easier. And, and that's kind of why I believe the, the, Genesis support, the Genesis support is as good, if not better. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I've always liked this series. I, I love the book. Never really read the sequels, though. Um, and what I find interesting is that the first Dune game, the one nobody ever talks about... Which is the one Derek's is, playing footage of right now. Really? Yes. I, I absolutely love the first game. There is literally no other game like it before or since. There's nothing even similar to it. It's like a mix of point-and-click adventure with, with real-time strategy, but then there's also a day-to-night cycle. It's, it's a really unique game, but it, hardly anyone ever talks about it. I feel like uh, Pam, Cannot Be Tamed, did a video on this game. Yeah, I never In played my- the first game either. I just played Dune 2. Uh, like everyone yeah. and DOS, yeah, which is I guess the one everybody played. And the movie, um, there's a new movie coming out too. So yeah, this is this yeah. will be a timely video if you do it, if you time it that, right, man. That's that's kind of the point. The issue yeah. is how long do I got to make it, and when is it the right time? Like it's it's always difficult with these things, like getting the timing right. So we'll see how that goes. Like like I hope it works, but I've like I remember doing a, a Blade Runner review for for the, the PC game uh, back when the when the the movie came out, the, the sequel came out, and like. That video got no traction at all. So it's always tricky with these things. All right. Uh, thank you, Stika. Anytime. Let's move on to Derek, man. Other than uh, Streets of Rage 4. What else have you been playing, man? Uh, yes. Streets of Rage 4 was just awesome. Yes, it was. Uh, I haven't really played many games lately. I've been doing a lot of overtime at work, and I just come home and want to do nothing. Um, one that I have been playing a bunch lately, uh, Saints Row 4. I'm reelected on Switch because I game love is bonkers. the Saints Row games. It's absolutely bonkers, that game. It's like... And um, <laughs> two other games that kind of go together. My brother is a big sports game fan, and me and him have been playing 
NHL 3 is on NHL 20, which is the arcade-style mode, and it is a blast. And so I've also bought Super Bloody Hockey on Switch, which is a, like a 16-bit-style hockey game, mm. and it reminds me so much of Mutant Lake Hockey. It's a Super Bloody Hockey. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's like the, the Mutant series from EA, I assume? Yeah. It's a, it really feels like that. Like I've tried playing. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I, I tried playing like the mutant um, mutant league football. I, I think that that's the name. Yeah. And I c- could never get into it because I have no idea what the rules are for for uh, for NFL. I was never. Yeah. I, I know the rules, but I, I've never been a fan of, of American. I just games. bought the Switch one. And it's Did not, you? It's on the in the mail. But I have a uh, mutant league. Hockey, I think, somewhere on my shelf back here. I know I have the game. I, I love arcade sports games, though. Like, everybody's golf is really well played in this house. Especially the VR one's really fun to get a chance to try that. But other yeah. than that, that's about what I've been gaming with, except for Magic Gathering mm-hmm. Online here and there. Okay. Thank you, Derek. Justin, what have you been playing, man? Hey, how you doing? I, I was just – actually, I was just looking to check to see if my video game history – was intact when you were talking about June. June became the kind of was the spiritual successor was Command and Conquer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> what was weird while I was looking at what what uh, Derek brought up on the on the video was mm-hmm. to me it was all an RTS game. I've never seen what looked like a point and click adventure. That's the first game. That's, that's yeah. the first game. Yeah, bizarre. If you like ever asked me. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed. I thought Dune was just a kind of a, you know, a, yep. a, an earlier version of Command and Conquer. No, um, but yeah, Dune 2 is what most people call the first big RTC, or yeah. RTS. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They get, well, the first, well, that's debatable, but the, uh, yeah. Herzog's, God, how do you pronounce that game? Herzog Zwei. Zwei, yeah. Zwei, I believe. That's, yeah. I think, considered Herzog's one of the Zwei. first RTS games. And I, I rented that game as a kid, like in probably 1990 and, well, or 89. <clears throat> I've and I didn't, that, I didn't like it. <laughs> sorry, I sorry, didn't like it. Talk, no, sorry. not back then. Hmm. Um, like I've also heard that, that there were even RTSs before Herzog's Vi. Like, yeah. um, I think there was one for the ZX Spectrum called Stonkers, which I've never played. Only seen like a video or two. And I think it, it also gets to the point like, what exactly is an RTS? Because yeah. Herzog's is very different from your Command and Conquers. It plays very differently. It is, yeah. So it, it is it is a bit hard to compare. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was, yeah, and that was the inf- the infancy of RTS games. But you're right; it is quite different, especially now looking at it now. Yeah. Oh God, I remember this. I haven't. If played, you want a really cool RTS RTS game on 16-bit consoles, I cannot recommend Metal Marines on Super NES enough. Oh, Metal Marines is fantastic. <laughs> that is a great game. The funny part is, I had the Windows 3.1 version of that game. I have it, it was, right here. It would. Do you really? I do. It's, it's somewhere around here, but I can't see it right now. Oh, I love that. That game was so much fun, Metal Marines. Um, we played it. We played that game over the modem on PC oh, I never played it on online. Windows 3.1. I never, never played it online, actually. Yeah, I used to do it with uh, friends. I think the PC version is probably better. Yeah, I'm oh, looking at the uh, looking at the footage there. That's the Super Nintendo version, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the PC version actually looks like you're playing a game inside Windows. It's, it's hard to describe. Yeah, like, yeah. But the graphics... Like, <laughs> The graphics are better. It looks better, I think. Yeah. Um, the the Windows version, yeah, de- yeah, yeah, it definitely does. But uh, it's slow. It was slow as molasses, though. I remember it running. <laughs> yeah, super they do a cool slow. job of making it look like a commander's computer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, that game was a lot of fun. Anyway, sorry, Justin, we got off topic there. Continue. What have uh, you been playing? <laughs> that was my, my fault. <laughs> well, I, uh, do you know what? I haven't, I haven't been on for so long. Um, I've, I've actually probably forgotten what I started playing many times ago. Look, the, for the first time in two and a half months, I actually started playing a couple of other games, but I've, I've been heavily embedded in Animal Crossing. Um, I, oh my I God, know, we can't get through an episode without someone talking about Animal Crossing. I, and, and, and look, this is, this is why I'm going to talk about the other, the other two games. All I'm, all I'm going to say about Animal Crossing is that um, you know, it, it lends itself to so, so many different things for so many different people. It, as you get further into it, it gives you that lovely kind of pick up and play. I'm just going to do 30, 40, 50 minutes today of just you know, pottering around. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it's great. And it's incredibly child friendly. So my kids both got that, that um, yeah. and, and, you know, there, there isn't a day goes by where we don't ask each other about turnip prices. Uh, yeah. which <laughs> my, my nieces have been playing it too, I think. So yeah. yeah. So I if you follow Animal really Crossing, you'll get it. I it's, haven't played the game in the series there, but I'd like I haven't to, either. I, I just haven't gotten around to it. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, look, it, this could become a whole topic on its own, actually, about val- what is Zach's tired of talking about. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about this the other day. Maybe, maybe this is one for another day, but what, what is the value of a video game? Because I've always seen the value yes, as a, Yes, as in terms, oh boy, when we, get to my, when we get to what I've been playing, yeah, that's a great topic for a game, the game but, I've been so, playing but, too. So, so I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually answer that because I think we should talk about that another time. Because I think but that's just classic. Before, just before we leave the, the Animal Crossing topic, I only have one question. Yeah, is it like Harvest Moon? Because I was a huge Harvest Moon fan because the ser- before the series uh, kind of died or got I don't know whatever happened to the series these days. So I didn't play Harvest Moon. Okay. To my knowledge, though, Harvest mm-hmm. Moon has more concept of resource and resource harvesting and farming yeah. and things like yeah. that. So yeah. So I would say that it's a step removed from that. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah. Also, just. Can you get married in Animal Crossing? Because I, I, I love Harvest Moon for my anime waifus, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, tragically, you can't. You, trash. you can't. You trash, can, yeah. Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just quick, quickly touch on a couple of others I've played. So I, um, one I, I picked up, rattled through 12 hours and completed, and another one I'm now playing, and, and I've, I've liked them both. Uh, one is a... Uh, they're both kind of role-playing games. Uh, one is a game called The Tenth Line. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I haven't heard of it. It's called The Tenth Line. The, the idea is that it's a, sort of a, has a very sort of 16-bit feel to it, um, story-driven RPG. The idea is that the, um, the tenth line that it refers to is effectively the last line of a prophecy that appears now to be coming true, and this is driving various stages that you go through. Because I like the art style. The end of the world is coming. The, the art style is really, really lovely. Um, if I was being really critical, uh, the story's great. The characters are engrossing. Um, what, what I'd say, again, if I was like a, a you know, my, my profession was video game reviewer, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's very busy, as in there's, there's so much going on about how you can upgrade your characters and learn new things and learn this. And actually, the combat system, which is fine, you, it's, it's too simple. You don't have to use all of the kind of skills you pick up. You know, there's no, oh. there's no real value in doing it. It's quite easy to use the more basic uh, hack and slashes that you've got to kind of 
plow through a, and a, a fight and move on. So mm-hmm. I don't think they quite got that balance right. But as a story, really, really on point, really enjoyed it. Say rattle through 12 hours and, uh, and again, in, enjoyed it. It was um, one of two games uh, that was, had a huge amount off on the Switch store. It was, I got it picked up for like three pounds. Um, the other one is uh, a game that I'm currently playing, which I'm very quickly falling in love with, which is a game called Regalia of Men and Monarchs. Are you familiar with that? Nope. Of course you're not. I do not know it. Indie Switch games, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, but now you know how I feel every time you mention any shmup ever created. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Insert random Japanese name here. I think, uh, I, think Blazing, I think Blazing Star is free on Epic uh, Game Store right now, actually. Oh, is it? Yes. And Neo Geo shmup. Oh, of course it is. Um, <laughs> so so this, is, this is a classic uh, tactics RPG. Um, love that uh need to be in the mood and i don't just mean in in the day i mean you know when i'm about to embrace a game um art style is amazing music's really great but the sense of humor is so on point there's a lot of little uh references to pop culture um just little things here and there that actually make it quite amusing um which really kind of keeps it going characters again quite engrossing i'm really enjoying it i i'm I don't want to put it down at the moment. Um, I, I'm watching a video of Regalia, and um, like the, the, the backgrounds look amazing, but the game has one thing which has always kind of bothered me about some of the more modern 2D games, um, and that is it's using vector art. You, uh, you, you know, do you know what I mean yeah. by vector, vector-based art? Yeah, I do. It's, it, it, always, it always bothered me because it always looks too clean. I don't know how to define it. Like it it always looks like everything is too neat. It does look very be, clean, yeah. Be, mm. But, but it, it, it's not just this game. Even games I've enjoyed suffer from this issue. Like, I really enjoyed Fire Emblem Heroes on, on, on smartphones. But the art style always bothers me because everything is just so, so neat. So, so every line is so clear, so, so exact. And when you draw... Everything's too, too smooth. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When you draw in 2D... Usually yeah. there's always a bit of blurriness, a bit of um, a bit of a, f- a little flaw here and there, or, or just a little touch of the artist, which isn't really possible to do with vector-based art because it's uh, well, it's vector-based. It's 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 a straight line. It's very it's almost mathematical, I'd say. Hmm. But like like the backgrounds look amazing. It's it, it's the it's the characters where where I, that I always feel it get that get hit the most by this. But it does look good. Not gonna uh, say it's it, not. It, it, like it looks it looks really good. I, I, it's just. It's 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 a nitpick of mine, so don't don't worry about it. I'm 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 the one I'm the one being a jerk here. No, I like <laughs> no, I like I like the comment. I would. It's another one that's like allegedly twenty pounds, maybe. Don't know. And it was down <laughs> to like three quid, four quid. Um, nice. it it's kind of you know it's it's almost criminal not to pick it up, and give it a go. Um, so yeah, just just really enjoying it. It's it's a uh, and and <clears throat> this has the complete opposite of what I said on the tenth line, as in. I, <clears throat> I try to do what I usually do in RPGs, even though I'm a reasonably seasoned RPG player, which is mm-hmm. as, soon as, I, as soon as I enter the game, I want to just hack and slash my way through everything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and then invariably get caught short. So pretty much the only battle that I've now got absolutely trounced on was the tutorial. Because so <laughs> I nice. paid no attention to the actual skills of what you had to do. And, um, That's awesome. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. So yeah, really enjoying that. And there we go. That is the opposite of achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs>
achievement yes. locked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. We'll move on to me, and I'll start with um, Borderlands 3. been playing uh, a good bit of that. Me and two of my um, buddies have been playing one or two nights a week, usually. Co-op, three of us. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's Borderlands. <clears throat> it's another Borderlands game. You know, the, the story is, is okay. It, it's, it's, you know, cheeky and, and quirky and, and weird. And that's the way Borderlands... Ha- Borderlands has a certain sense of humor and a certain style that's kind of over the top. And uh, if, you know, if you're looking for that, uh, you'll get it in Borderlands 3. It's more of that. But the, of course, the part that really makes the game amazing and fun to play is the weapon system. And this game took how many, how many years did it take for this game to come out? Six? I think Borderlands 2 came out in what, 2012 or something? It's a while ago. It's been like, it's been like seven years. And it wasn't because they were writing a create, you know, a really good story. Uh (laughs) It's because they were, (laughs) they were refining uh, just the way the mechanics and the weapon systems work in this game. It's, I actually never realized there was that much of a of um. Z was actually between... eight years after Borderlands. Eight years, too. right? Okay, so really? it's been eight years, yeah. And I played all. Seven, I played all. Me. Yeah, seven years. Okay, so yeah, Borderlands three. I'm trying to think of the best way to explain the weapons. I mean, it's similar to the ones before, but just the amount of customization and the amount of. I'm guessing a lot of these weapons are randomly generated, right? Um, yeah, I think it's like the owl, I believe. Yeah. Right. So. You know the type of the type of uh, things you can do. I'm not far enough into it to really get into um, all the different types of weapons you can have. Obviously, there's you know there's machine guns, there's shotguns, uh, sniper rifles, all your your typical things. But the variations of them that you get are mm-hmm. just bonkers, just completely bonkers. Like my buddy got this gun that launches this drone thing into the air that will then shoot down electricity and grab all the enemies and just pick them up in the air and spin them around. I don't know. There's grenades you'll throw that have like machine guns on them that pop up and spin and kill all the guys. <laughs> I found, I found this, this, um, I think it's a, uh, it's a type of machine gun that to reload the gun, you have to throw it at the enemy. Right. And when you throw it, it explodes and it bounces all over the screen and hits guys oh, as it's reloading. Awesome. Just crazy, crazy stuff like that, man. Part of the weapon generation system in the Borderlands series is one of the things is it randomly selects traits for the guns, like explosive yes, ammo or whatever. Yes, exactly. And that's part of why there's so many different combinations. Yes. There's so many. And there's also there's corrosive damage, there's radiation, there's fire damage, all your typical stuff, right? The other cool thing is there's four playable characters, and they're all completely different. Um, they all have special abilities, right? So the guy I'm playing, uh, Flack is his name. He's this giant, like, robot type of guy and you have a pet you can use a pet um you have i think three or four different pets you can use yeah there's one of them there one of the pets i'm the the pet i'm using i can basically he's like a dog right and you can throw him the the ability i'm using is you can basically toss him out and he explodes radiation and he and he morphs into this this giant dog and just starts ripping people's heads off man that kind of stuff is so much fun my buddy mike is using this girl who um transforms into this giant mech and just, mm-hmm. you know, blows people away with a giant laser, you know? It's just, it's so much fun, man. The game is just so much fun. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about the story or what's going on because I'm just <laughs> not paying attention. But, um, yeah, there's different gravity. Like that stage he was just showing there uh, is like on a moon and, and the gravity is low so you can jump real high, you know? It's, it's amazing. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, don't go into looking for a great story, but it's just a ton of fun to play. But, like, I remember, I remember the story in, in uh, Borderlands 2, 
being at least somewhat interesting. Like, yeah, you had Handsome some- Jack was 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 a and the reason I think Handsome Jack was a really good villain. I don't find the villain in this as compelling. She's fine, mm-hmm. and maybe we're just not like I said we're. We're not super far into the game. We're maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. six, eight hours into the game at this point. Because um, we're only playing once or twice a week for, you know, three or four hours at a time. Um, because that's all we, the three of us have to coordinate. But it's like, yeah, maybe the story will get better. But that's that seems to be the consensus for a lot of people. We're like, eh, story wasn't as good as two. But as far as it being fun to play, yeah, probably better in that regard. The <laughs> gameplay and the systems are, are fantastic. So. So anyway, yeah, Borderlands 3 is a ton of fun. I, I recommend it um, if you're into, uh, you know, uh, looter shooters and RPG shooters. That's basically what it is. Now, the other game I've been playing is one that I've been playing for about a year on and off, and that is Breath of the Wild. And oh. uh, I've talked about it a lot. I talked about it a lot when we first started this podcast last year because I was into it then. And what happened was, and I'll just, I don't remember if I told the story before on here, but what happened was when the new Switch model came out with the better battery life and processor, mm-hmm. GameStop was uh, was doing a deal where you could trade it in and uh, they gave you a bunch of credit you know, towards the new one. It was like a really good deal. So I traded it in and I left my copy of Breath of the Wild in my Switch. Oh. So I lost it. That was it. I called them back uh, like later in the afternoon and I'm like, um, I left my copy of Breath of the Wild in there. Can I come get it? And they're like, they're like, there's nothing in it. And I'm like, that's bullshit. It's in there. <laughs> so it was what it was. You know, it's my, my dumb ass for, for leaving it in there. But You're uh, officially that guy. But you know, that guy I, I am that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. But I'll tell you what, that girl that was there, I, she took it. I know she did. Oh, she but, probably did. She probably did. But whatever. I can't hardly blame her. So anyway. Praising. <laughs> yeah. Breath of the Wild, man. Um, so I, re- I rebought it uh, because I was just, I was hankering to finish it. I still have my cloud save, luckily. God, this game, I feel like when I'm playing it, I'm still marveling at it and just how good it is. And I'm one of those guys that's a sucker for exploration, which is one reason why I loved No Man's Sky so much. Was I love the exploration. exploration. Yeah. The exploring. Have you played it, Sika? Have you played Breath of the Wild? Uh, I have the game. I bought it like a few months ago. I haven't had a time to play it yet. Dude, you need to. The problem yes, is, the problem is when you do, you, will, you can put 200, 300 hours into this game. And I'm like maybe 70 hours I've put into it and I feel like I've, I've barely scratched the surface. There's still so much you can do. Like I have that a list of side. scares me though. It does. I have a list of side quests that's so long. I'm like, I'll never, I'll never finish them all. You like, know? The issue I have is with me is it's like, I always have to pick a game to play like for the channel and for myself. Exactly. Usually, there's not a lot of time to, to play exactly. the games I want for myself. I have to, to go with, with, with makes sense for the channel. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I totally relate. I, I relate exactly. But I don't know. I, I, I just I felt like I had to to get back into it. And I did. And so I'm, I'm taking Not on the divine, the divine beast now. Um, I've, take, I've, <laughs> I've beaten three of the four of them. Um, and I've explored most of the game other than I think the desert region now. But when I say explored, I mean lightly explored, like just kind of, <laughs> there's still a ton of stuff that I know I haven't seen and done. But the one element I want to talk about, because uh, I've talked about this game ad nauseum at this point, <clears throat> is the Master Sword Trials. I'm actually trying to do those. And if I had to describe the Master Sword Trials, I would describe them as almost a Dark Souls-like experience where you... It's, it's a DLC. It was a DLC that was released, I think, not, not oh, long okay. after the game came out. And if you complete all the trials, you're, um, the Master Sword stays powered up the whole time you use it, which means it's insanely good you know you'll you'll be able to kill anything really fast so 
there's the easy trials, the intermediate trials, and then the advanced trials. I have beaten the easy ones and I just beat the intermediate ones uh, two nights ago. I tried the, I tried the advanced ones and just got my ass handed to me. So the way they work is you, they send you into these trials, which are basically levels, right? So Mm -hmm. I think the beginning trials have, I think it's nine, is it nine stages maybe? And then, um, the intermediate is like 16 and then, uh, advanced is 23 so you have to get through all of them without dying otherwise uh that's it you got to start over and do it all over again so it's crazy and they drop you in with nothing so no weapons no armor no items they just drop you in the first stage and you have to scavenge and the the idea is to beat all the enemies that are there basically right just i actually really like that concept like you're just dropping this dungeon and you gotta survive i love it yes i I love it. it It's really cool. It's so much fun. I get why some people maybe it's not their thing, but it, like I said, it's a very Dark Souls like uh, feeling for me, where you know you I die. Was, I was thinking, I was thinking more Ultimate Underworld if you've ever played that game. Yeah, there you go. It, it's it's in essence, it's a hardcore mode, right? There's a lot yeah, of games yeah. of hardcore modes, you yeah. know, where if you die, you lose it all. So that's kind of what this is, and I love it, man. I'm gonna. My goal is to beat the advanced trials. It's probably gonna take me a while because it's super <laughs> super hard, and you got to get through 23 stages uh, that just keep getting harder like for instance i started the advanced trials right it starts me off in uh, an area kind of like what's on the screen here where you're fighting uh, these goblin dudes but it's raining and lightning striking everywhere and if i don't know if you're familiar with the way breath of the wild works is if, you, if you're carrying a metal weapon in a lightning storm mm-hmm. you're probably gonna get struck by lightning because you're carrying metal right oh so they're giving you metal weapons everywhere that you can't use because lightning right so you gotta you gotta find a wooden weapon somewhere laying around you know so and and then beat all the guys right while avoiding the lightning it is the game is genius it's just absolutely astounding so i've been really enjoying the the, uh the master sword trials and um it's fantastic wow he's doing a flurry attack that's pretty cool (laughs) see i don't even know there's still stuff i don't even know about this game man Anyway, uh, that's what I've been playing. You know how to do flurry attacks? No, I don't even know how to do a flurry attack. If you dodge backwards at the right time, (laughs) it'll give you the option to start it. You know why I don't know? Because I I took a six-month break when I lost the game, and now that I came back, I think I just forgot about it, I think is what happened. (laughs) Have you you fought any of those, uh, like, centaur-looking dudes? I haven't played it in a while. Yes, I hate those guys. those guys. They are and the you, hardest guys in the game. They're harder than any of the bosses, any of the other dudes. So, so you will get to a point where you want to effectively get the bits off of them for crafting. Mm-hmm. And you are going to see just how cool all the different things you can do. So you'll lure them in. You have to use flurry attacks. But you've, have you completed the, um, the, the bird of the, of the Divine Beasts? Yes, I completed the bird. The one that gives you the the, the flying ability. The flying yeah, ability. so basically yeah. if you, you need to be able to use that at the point the thing charges in so you can then turn on okay. your bow and just do, 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 and then okay. it also, just quickly, on the DLC, <laughs> just now we're going to have to do this. Have yeah. you, the, the, the best bit of the DLC for this game, and I can't remember what it's called. It's called something like the Champion's Trail or something like that. Basically, what it, what it... No, 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 it's not a thing. What it opens up is on the map it, it holds about the last 100 hours of your movement and you, it creates a green Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. that That's, is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that because I can tell... It, you can open the map and I use it every time. I can tell exactly Champions where I've ballad. been. Cha- right, there you go. Yes. So That's an amazing game, thing. Game idea. changer. That's a great idea. It is. It's a, it's a game changer because I... There's 120 shrines and I yes. think I found 118. Seriously? 
I've done I've done them, but I, I had to look for the other two. <laughs> I've maybe I've maybe yeah. found half of that, <laughs> maybe sixty but, or seventy. I don't even know. But, but with that champion's ballad or whatever it's called, you you basically this is why you say you love exploration. I loved it as mm-hmm. well. You'd open up and go, oh, there's a, there's a massive chunk of space there that I I haven't been in. Yep, exactly. And, and then as, and then as soon as you head towards it, you get the little bloop, bloop, telling yep. you that there's a yep. shrine nearby. And there, there will be there will be something there. You know, that's yeah. the beauty. That's the beauty of this game. And I've taught me and Soren talked about this way back on the first or second episode, if I recall. And and Stika, you should probably know this too, is that the game um, basically anywhere you go, you're going to find something. Like, sure, there, there's the odd mm-hmm. place where you won't, but if you climb a mountain, there's a very good, I'd say maybe oh, an eight out that. of eight out of ten chance you're going to find something at the top of that mountain. You know? I love that. There's almost or, no time that you're not rewarded for exploring. Yes, exactly. And if you the, and I don't know, the design is is genius. Um, it's just absolutely genius the way they uh, the way they've done it. Uh, where if you if you look a certain way, like say you're in this you know in a area with mountains, you sometimes you'll turn mm-hmm. and you'll see something in between the mountain peaks off in the distance, and you're like, oh, what's that? And you go there, and there's something <laughs> there, you know, every time. That, go, that's oh, pretty cool because no, that, I, because I love games that like have you explore encourage exploration. But I also feel it's rare that you that you find a game that holds your attention for long uh, in that regard, either because the world is too small or or, or you just go through uh, vast plots of empty land. So it's always a bit of it's always a bit uh, difficult to 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 get that little balance right. Yeah. Um. But I would love to play that game. It's just. It's yeah. just uh, the time. I, it's a time commitment, man. Yeah, I'm time like commitment. I'm gonna need like to put a week off of work or something because you don't have to do it that way though man like the way i do it i play it an hour or two a night and that's it and that's just how i've done it and that's why it's taken me so long because i'm playing it very slowly because i I don't know i've got maybe it's just in my older age i'm 40 years old now and i've I've got a wife i've got other stuff going on so i don't have those opportunities to play games for eight or ten hours at a time anymore Uh, i I miss those times yeah yeah so (laughs) i just i just take it slow and you're right though you have to kind of sacrifice what else you're playing if you're going to commit to a game like that the thing though is you don't have to spend 200 hours. You don't even have to spend 100 hours in Breath of the Wild. You can beat it a lot quicker. The problem is as you're walking around that world, you're mm-hmm. going to see things and it's and it's literally like the nightmare before Christmas, right? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? It's like all over the place. I, I find myself many nights where I'll start playing at 10 o'clock. I usually play from 10, 10 to 12 at night is my time to play games, right? By myself and I just relax. Mm-hmm. I find myself two in the morning and I'm like, shit what happened, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't even, I was just exploring, you know, just looking around, you know, and I, and you see something. That's the beauty of Breath of the Wild. I've had that. It's, like, it's can incredible. We, um, can, can we also just uh, talk about the time where you were moaning to me about how you hated the game because you've been playing it for half an hour. Yep. And Thank you, there, Justin. And there was a weapon break system. Yep. And there was basically a cavalcade of us going, dude, stick with it. It's one of the best games ever. Dude, yep. stick with it. And you're like, I don't know if I can do this, man. I don't know if I can do this. So single-handedly, I think we should take Claudius yeah. for changing your life. Well, yeah. I think what happened was the first time I ever played it, I was on a plane, right? And I just turned it on like, I'm, I'm going to try it. It ruins everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. But here's my thing, I, and we've talked about this too, off topic. But I, I'm not a big handheld guy. Like my Switch is docked 99 percent mm-hmm. of the time, and, I, and especially, especially again, my Breath of the Wild. It's so visually stunning. Um, you know, it's not a 4K uh, crazy textured game, but it's the art direction is so good that it makes it, it elevates it. You know, so I like to see that on a big screen. Let me put it like this: 
uh, I, I loved playing Octopath Traveler on my Switch. Yes. And like, like um, I was on vacation and like, and like took and I took my and like I had a dog when I was at home, but I, I I took it with me, but like when I was out. And when I got to like to the snow town, um, I was playing on, on my television because it was beautiful, like you know the mm-hmm. graphics, that little the, the the snow falling down, love it. Then you know I take out of the I take it out of the dock. I go I go whatever to a cafe or whatever. Start playing it. I see this city without without the snowfall, and I'm like, hate it. I'm never gonna play this uh, undock. Just it's gotta be connected to my television because I, yep. if I do not see that snowfall, yep. I cannot play the game. Just it's, it's just <laughs> like like that little really tiny minute detail. Nobody's gonna care about. Completely ruined it for me just because it wasn't there, and I knew it was supposed to be there before. I There's I, all- I, I I just can't, sorry sorry I just I just I just I, I am not much of a of a, of a handheld player really I got I got to yeah. have a TV and just But having the option is amazing and it is, it is. there's a lot of games on Switch that lend themselves really good for handheld mode I just think certain games like Breath of the Wild and like Octopath mm-hmm. don't lend themselves very well to handheld play I mean Octopath I shouldn't you know Octopath I played a lot in handheld mode now that I think about it because it was one of the first games I got when I got my Switch but yeah um Anyway, that's that's a whole other topic. So anyway, we're uh, we've gone on a bit long here about Breath hey, of the no, Wild. Zach, 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 the closing statement or sentiment has got to be: it's so good you bought it twice. Seriously, and I'm not I'm not upset about it at all. Like, yes, I'm upset that I lost that I was an idiot. But when I had to when I had to spend that, um, I think I bought a used copy for fifty bucks, fifty dollars a used copy is going for. It's ridiculous. I know. But Justin wins flawless victory. <laughs> I didn't feel I'm, bad though. I didn't feel bad. I was like, it's worth it. This game is worth a hundred. I'm just imagining a seal of approval, like ten out of ten would buy again, and and did buy again. Absolutely, and it, <laughs> the game deserves a ten out of nine point nine 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 out of ten. There's a few minor annoyances. I don't want to admit how many times I've bought versions of Skyrim or Fallout yeah. Three. And this is Fallout this is Vegas. Skyrim. This is Zelda Skyrim is what this is, except better. I think honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's a better game <laughs> than Skyrim or even. You know, Horizon Zero Dawn is another one that's that's similar in a lot of ways. And I played that before I played Breath of the Wild. And I figured it was better, but Breath of the Wild's better than Horizon Zero Dawn even, you know. So, all right, let's move on um, to our topic. So, Stika came up with this uh, topic. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's a topic he's very familiar with, which is modern games being made for retro consoles. So... Who would have thought that in the year 2020, there would literally be dozens, probably more than that, of new games being released on long-dead retro consoles? Um, and I use the term dead lightly as uh, the retro homebrew scene uh, has been alive and well for about as long as people have been dumping uh, game ROMs from cartridges, right? So while many of these new games are a one- or two-person operation, the size and scope of new games on retro consoles has only uh, gotten bigger over time, I feel like. Uh, perhaps the best example of this is the game Pierre Solar for the Sega Genesis released in 2010. It was an expansive RPG with a core team of eight people uh, with dozens more participating in its development over uh, how many years was it, Stika? Was that game's development cycle? It was a pretty long time. I'm, I, f- I think it was like six years, I believe. Yeah, right. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, from there, games like Xenocrisis, uh, Tanglewood, both released in the last year, have shown what can be done with a, with a small team of people working on a game. As either of these titles could stand side by side with releases from the early to mid '90s, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of course there are just these are just examples uh, on the Genesis and Mega Drive. Uh, there's also a thriving NES indie scene with lots of physical games being released. Uh, Lizard is one that was released recently on physical cart, which I, I have sitting over here. I haven't tried it yet, but um, I think uh, Hungry Goria 
play, uh, did a video on Lizard, which introduced me to that game. Um, and so how do we feel about this? How do we feel about uh, new games being released on old consoles? What are some of the best games available now? And also, how does the scene look going into the future? Stika, take it away. Okay. Um, well, what, what I find interesting about these games is that, like you said, that these, these consoles were considered dead. Um, and then suddenly you have all of these new projects for them, which, which I love. And I just love how a lot of, some of them will, will use like um, retro game design and retro aesthetics, but many of them will like apply the lessons we've learned as game developers throughout the decades and use it for, for, for retro systems. So you end up having like games or, or, or genres or just a style of level design that you do not see, that you did not see back in the 90s. Like for example, Tanglewood. Even though it's a puzzle platform in the vein of like uh, um, Prince of Persia or that's 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 a game I want to say flashback. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, like it doesn't really play like them. It plays a lot yeah. more like something like uh, Braid or or um, oh Limbo. Uh, Limbo. Limbo and Inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah. it plays like a bit closer to those games, which is really something you did not see in old consoles back then. And I also think it's cool because um, the fact that uh, a lot of smaller developers discover this niche, it allows them to 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 like avoid competing with AAA developers. I guess like Steam is a very overpopulated. The PSN store is very overpopulated. Then um, I'll admit I don't really go to the Nintendo Switch online store that often. I, I actually don't really like uh, buying digital games that often. It's, it's just a quirk of mine. Um, but because a lot, of, a lot of devs are going through old systems, they're fighting like, and they're fighting like a, a new audience. And because there's not so much competition, it's, it's, it's helping a lot of them like, like getting, uh, establishing themselves. And to me, that's great. That's amazing. You get to see creativity. You get to see uh, small developers uh, establishing themselves. And you get to see like, um, new games or new frontiers being explored for consoles that you thought were long dead, I suppose. Yeah, Tanglewood. Um, I, I own Tanglewood and I played through mm -hmm. it. I'm assuming you did too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, actually, I interviewed uh, Matt. That's Matt Phillips, right? His name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the, pri the primary programmer and designer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think we did that back in the yeah. GR me and Derek days. interviewed him for Gaming Rebellion uh, back when the game was first announced, and. Um, it's quite good. It's a quite, um, it's quite an impressive uh, feat, you know, for, and, and you're right. It has some, it has, it looks like a game like what the Lion King or something maybe, yeah, but yeah. it's got a dark kind of darker tone mm -hmm. to it. And mm -hmm. it has some modern sensibilities. Um, with like it, the way you learn the mechanics, you learn yes. like through, 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 through natural gameplay instead of a tutorial yes. popping up, I suppose. Yeah. 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 There's definitely some, it's definitely a cool game, um, and I'm really looking forward to his next game, which is going to be a. Um, it's going to be a, a shooter. I think it's I believe. a shmup, isn't it? It's yeah, a shmup, yeah. yeah. Um, which just I was got so excited when I saw that I was like, same yes, here. same here. Finally, because we really haven't gotten any new shmups on the Genesis. Uh, not yet. Not really. That one game you covered recently. What was that one called? Arcagus Revolution. Or, yes, that or... that is a shmup, I guess technically, but it's yeah, not it's, on the. It's, it's a it's 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 a top down shmup. Yeah, it's different, right. I suppose. It's different. Yeah, it's not. It's and it's not on the level of something like in the Thunder Force series or yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Is that's what I'm looking for? Is uh, is something like that? Which is but... funny because now we have three shmups in the making. It, uh, uh, technically, four shmups. There is. Yeah, there Genesis. is some. 
like there's uh, Irina, which I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, it's called Irina Gems Metal Fury, I believe that's the name. Yep. There's the game by Matt Phillips. The Tanzer developer is also uh, making another game, uh, which is a shmup. And there's one called... Uh, it, it's a Spanish developer. It's, yes. it's part shmup and part, uh, part run and gun, I believe. Yep. I'm trying to remember the name. It's, it's missed. I, I can't remember the name right now. There's one that's been in development for a really long time, and every once in a while they drop a YouTube video. That's the one. That's, that's the, the one. one. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can only remember the, the name. I can only re, uh, recall the names of the developers, but not the name of the game. It's just yeah. like, it's called 1930, um, 1983 Alt. Alternativo or something. That, yeah. That's, okay. That's that's a developer. <laughs> I just can't remember the, the the name of the actual game. But yeah, there's um, there is a lot of games. Have you tried Xeno Crisis? That's another one that uh, I, me and my brother me and my brother played through played quite a bit of Xeno Crisis together uh, on you know on an actual Genesis copy, and we had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. We didn't we weren't able to beat it. Man, that game is hard as balls. But um, that game is so freaking on one continue. You like you're, yeah, you're better off playing Contra, I believe. Seriously, yeah, it's really tough, but it's, it's yeah, it's Smash TV mixed with Contra, mm-hmm. basically is what it is, and it's a lot of fun. It's just super difficult, super difficult. I, I've seen a lot of people who were really mad at, at the fact that um that like okay, this may be a bit of a spoiler, but like if you reach the final boss, uh, and if you if you lost a continue, like you can't fight him, you you can't fight him, and and you see different, and your reading is different. Really? And, oh man. <laughs> And the issue is, like, I'm not against that as a practice, yeah. but I think the way it was handled, it's not a question of, like, you saving the world and, and then the, 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 bad, the, the main bad guy getting away. No, it's like, once you reach the main bad guy, there's a cutscene, and then you explode and die. <laughs> like, okay, that's, 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 that's not the best way of That's fucked, it. man. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh... that's way fucked. So, Stika, what other uh, examples? Uh, there's there's Tanzer, which is I also own that, and I bought that game because of your video. And that that game is kind of if I had to describe it, it's like Strider mixed with with shmup, with yeah. shmup I, elements. You commented right? that on my video. I remember seeing, watching yeah. that comment. Um, yeah. Tanzer is my number one favorite game of all these new indie games we've had for the Sega Genesis, and it might just be one of my all time favorite Sega Genesis games. Period. To be honest, like. That game, it's so crazy good. It, I, I don't know. Like, like, I, it, it, I don't even know how to how to describe it. Like, like, okay, I made a video on it, but it, it like, you can't, you can't show gameplay. Even when I, when I made the video, all I, all I felt was like, I'm not making this game justice. Like, You're I not, yeah, absolutely adore that game. Yeah, you just watching footage. There was a, I, when it first came out, there was a couple guys streaming it, yeah, and yeah. um. Just watching it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do it, it justice. It doesn't but, do it justice. But if you it can really watch doesn't. someone who plays it at a high level, um, it's really fun to watch. So good. You can bounce like, through an entire stage going from enemy exactly. to enemy. Exactly. Like, like you, 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 can, you can always tell when someone has actually, actually gets or doesn't get the game. If, if they're spinning the entire level, just always jumping, never touching the ground, you're like, okay, yeah, that guy gets the game. He, he gets it. But if they're like, okay, let me stop, let me stop and now aim upward or, or crawl, yeah, they're not playing it the, the correct way. I, I believe that game is just is just I I love that game and I cannot describe it properly. I, I don't know I don't know how else to say it. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's really cool. The graphics, uh, you know, I've seen better graphics on Genesis, but yeah, yeah. But the gameplay is so tight it's and so, so solid. And it was done by one guy, right? One guy yeah, did this yeah, game. Yeah, it's amazing, he did all dude. Of it. 
Like it's uh, the I'm gameplay is so tight. The music, but yeah, yeah, the music's really good. It's like a techno uh, techno is. soundtrack that sounds really. It sounds really good. It sounds like it, it, it used the uh, the YM uh, YM to uh, whatever the, the Genesis sound chip <laughs> is pretty well. So yeah, Tanzer this is, is the first I've heard about it, but it looks awesome. It's really good. I the love that amazing. it looks like early Genesis because everything that ate sixteen bit goes for late Super Nintendo, but. It mm, looks like seen? it looks like a Genesis game released in 1990. You're right. Yeah, that's, I would, that's exactly look. what I was about to say. I would I would go even further. I would say it it looks like an Amiga game because if you yeah. look at the enemy designs, it's it screams Amiga. It screams like Shadow of the Beast or something. You're right. Shadow well, of the Beast. There's a lot that's of Amiga games that got ported over. Yeah. 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 And I think they have like the Genesis. I thought it had a similar sound chip, or maybe I'm thinking something else. Uh, no, no, the sound chip from the Sega Genesis is very different from the Amiga. The Amiga is very sample-based, and the Sega Genesis one is more, more uh, it's um, FM-based, I believe. Yeah, that yeah there's right. something about Genesis and 8-bit computers that's connected. I can't remember what it's is. It? The, it's the CPU. They both have the same CPU. Thank the you. Motor, the Motorola 6800, yeah. 60, yeah, 6800, that's the one. There's also the Z80, but that's... And the, yeah, uh, as the yeah. co-processor. Yeah, the co-processor, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Tanzer's another great example. I've so played good. it I've played it a, a fair amount. Um, I haven't beaten it. Good God. It, it's Talk about another tough game. It is. I, haven't been, I, I can't it is beat brutal. it either. I can't. I can't. But it's got... I alter- literally... Sorry, I literally lose to a chandelier every time. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's got split it. You can. It's got uh, uh, branching paths too that you mm-hmm. can take, and um, it kind of landings. Parts of it kind of have a kid chameleon vibe. I don't know what it is. But I love kid some chameleon. Reason parts of it remind me of kid chameleon. Maybe it's just I don't know. I think it's it, the colors because kid chameleon maybe. also has muted colors. I muted believe. colors, yeah. And it's like got that like the atmosphere has that like experimental let's throw everything at the mm-hmm. wall and see what mm-hmm. sticks vibe from the yeah. early Genesis stuff. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. It 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 looks like he does use some cool effects and things, but it looks it definitely looks like an early Genesis game, eighty nine ninety I'm up to down Genesis with this game. Way. And what I like is um, just how much um, action is on the screen at all times. Like yeah. all the yeah. bullets, all the enemies, and the game never never slows down. You know what? Else, it, it also it has the first time I've ever seen in any cartridge game, which you could you can turn the detail uh, up higher in the in the options menu. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. And I guess it maybe it makes the game slow down if, if the if the detail's higher or something. But I didn't notice any difference, you know. Honestly, even with the detail higher, I didn't even notice what, what the what the graphical differences were. To be honest, I think I, it's I, like... I think it's a background detail it said or something. Oh, okay. The background detail was more more clouds or more detail. I'm always staring at the enemies, so yeah. so I, I guess I didn't pay too yep. much attention to the backgrounds. But yeah, Tanzer, uh, yeah, we, Tanzer, like I said, Tanglewood. Uh, we could talk about Pierce, Pierce Solar a little bit if you want. Um, Maybe we could. Um, Pierce Solar is a bit of an interesting topic because it's the game that, that in my opinion, so created much drama. this trend. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> like it created this trend, but there was a, there was a there was a whole lot of drama, even with just Pierce Solar. Like not even getting to Paprium, just this. Yeah. The, the creation of Pierce Solar was, was drama-filled, which I had no idea. I only learned that as I made my documentary. Yep. Um, and then we get to Pop, to Paprium, and it's like <laughs> all hell breaks loose. Like, yeah. holy crap. You, you interviewed every... You and me both have interviewed pretty yeah. much everybody involved in, in, yeah. those, in those projects. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's really... You could write a book on, on the whole... And, process and the amazing part is like 
I don't want to point fingers, but like it, it, it really does feel like it, it all comes down to one person mismanagement. It does. It does. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I don't like pointing fingers. And, and even in my interview, I tried to be neutral and simply, yeah, you did. They, they, they actually praised the, the person. They, they, they praised Fonzie. They, 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 yeah. they said that they enjoyed working with him, but even, okay. But even if they did like, from from a from a managerial standpoint, there there's really a lot of red flags there, and at some point, I don't, I don't even know I don't even know how this could have been done. But at some point, he should have been the one being being um, being uh, let go, not not the the other co-founder. Yeah, well, just a little background information for people listening that Sorry. are not familiar with with Watermelon was the name of the studio, right? Mm-hmm. And they basically started this whole trend of releasing, you know, uh, new games on old consoles. And it was started by uh, a guy named Tulio and a guy named who calls himself Fonzie. And they started Watermelon. Uh, they you know, started out as Tavern RPG. It was a mm-hmm. it was on the old uh, what what forum was it on the uh, Idolon Zen, I believe. Yeah, there you go. Started off as a homebrew project there, and it grew into this massive thing and they they founded a game company called watermelon studios and and you know obviously it all went to hell eventually pierce solari got released and derek's playing footage of the hd version that was released on every console imaginable and it was a huge success right i think i think sales of pierce solar floated watermelon for much longer than it would have lasted otherwise you know i mean i believe pure solar actually made them made them like at the very least six digits in terms of, of return on income so yeah. that's yeah. really good for an indie developer i know and it's and it's just it's a shame that it all fell apart it's like if they had such i mean if paprium would have come out and would have been called something other than paprium because that was mm-hmm. Fonzie's, I mean, the name alone is just bonkers Terrible. you know it looks amazing, like all the ideas behind Paprium, which, and mm-hmm. again, for people that aren't familiar with Paprium, it is a Streets of Rage-inspired uh, beat-em-up. And from what the footage we've seen, what little footage has surfaced over the years, it looks uh, like it pushes the Genesis beyond its limits. It's, I think Fonzie's idea was to make it look like a Neo Geo game. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, I think he succeeded, you know, if assuming, assuming the game exists. I'm pretty yeah. sure it does <laughs> exist. I my personal um, thoughts on this are that uh, it's been a development for what, seven years now since 2013, I think. So seven years, right? I think what happened was Fonzie got in over his head and he was created this add on chip that was going to create more sound channels so that the Genesis could produce better music. Right. So I think that created problems in production, made it super expensive. He ran out of money and was never able to finish the game. In a nutshell, I think that's what happened, right? And I think he just kept, kind of, yeah, yeah. I think he kept telling people, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to happen." But it just, and now with the pandemic and everything, and 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 Fonzie's in China too, on top of everything else. So who the hell knows, man? I don't think we're ever going to see it at this point, sadly. Or if, or if we do, it'll be uh, someone will steal it and and release it somehow, you know, but maybe. The, the thing is, like, we did get to see a beta, not even a beta, like alpha or whatever or whatever and that horrible video in in france right yeah yeah exactly like Ugh. like which is basically a cartridge without a shell there were no enemies all you did was walk from left to right and right and even then the game was buggy like it would crash it would get yeah. all these graphical yeah. glitches yeah like it's it's way way far from being completed in my opinion there was no sound yeah. either yeah it looks i mean he's, she's playing the it looks fantastic and that that nice. commercial he put together man that was oh, amazing. it was brilliant man that that was 2017 when that damn thing came out 3 years ago it it's like looks, 
It's amazing. Yeah. I just, and the, the pre-sale that came after that, mm-hmm. they sold tens yeah, of thousands of copies. Like probably more, probably, um, I mean that video, how many views are on that? There's 330,000 views on that video for a Genesis game. You know, it's like, you know, he got some cash and you know, it's all gone. The money's all gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's just, that's, that's the thing that I believe Fonzie was very good at. In my opinion, he's a very good artist and like everyone I interview would say the same, but I also believe he's a very good, um, advertiser or hype yeah. creator yeah. because Pierceler also had a lot of hype. And the thing is like what they did in, in on paper isn't that different from what a lot of uh, NES or, or Mega Drive developers are doing today. Like, you know, launching press releases, launching screenshots, whatever. Yep. But every screenshot they launched, if you go back, okay, their website is down now. Like, like it's close. Yeah. So if you go like the Wayback Machine or whatever, or the way their website is built, like it's so, it always, it, it always received a, a, a very good Photoshop treat with all these filters, the web, their website was very pretty. Like the guy has a really good visual design idea. He has a very, very good um, uh, advertising, advertising uh, imagination or advertising uh, creativity. And because of that, what are, it, 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 he was always able to generate a lot of hype for every watermelon project, not just Paprium or, or, or Pure Solar but also that um, Super Nintendo game, whichever came out, Project Y. Or Project, Project Y, y. yeah, that looked, Project yeah. Project I, I, I confused the two, the two. We've seen some, I think, some screenshots of it and a little bit of footage, but that's it, not much. There's like there's like uh, 30 seconds of footage from the right. very early build, and that's it. That was like, leaked, I think. I don't even think Fonzie released that. I think someone else got it. I'm trying to it. remember where I got that footage for the video, but I honestly can't yeah, remember. Yeah, that's the first time I had seen any type of gameplay for that game, so... I think I had to go like to their YouTube channel and found like a video that like had like like uh, fifty views and oh, okay there's like twenty seconds of footage here okay let me use this and then just kept repeating it over and over again because that's all I had but like they're very good at creating hype but they were clearly I wouldn't even say overly ambitious I'd say impossibly ambitious like yeah they wanted yeah. to have a, a their own add-on ship for the for the game. At one point, you were considering like the game having a Wi-Fi feature, like so yes. you can play online. Like yes, yes, Christ. that is that's. Can you imagine? It, it, I'm. It, you know. You know what's funny? Um, uh, what's that other? There's another game we haven't mentioned yet that's in active development. It was kickstarted last year. Uh, uh, the Castlevania looking. Yes, Vestibor, yeah. yeah. The Castlevania looking game for Genesis, yeah. which looks it looks promising. It looks pretty it good. It's really good. I backed it. I I backed the Kickstarter. Um. But uh, they their stretch goal at the very end, if you look all the way down at the bottom, saw, was online that. was online multiplayer for a Genesis. That, that was a joke. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think so. They were like, "Sure, if we get a million bucks for this or whatever, we'll do it." I, I I interviewed the developers and I asked them about that. They're like, "Yeah, we're just joking with this one, obviously." But 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 if it does yeah. happen, we're we're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much his reaction. <laughs> It can, I'm sure it can be done. It's just, it's just insane. Think about it. It's also, what's even the point? Like, not enough people yeah. are going to play the game where, where you, you'd have an online, ho- uh, an online lobby to, to, to join. Just release, so. yeah, release uh, a Steam version or a Switch version and make that online, you know, which is, I'm, you know. And to be fair, I'm a bit against the idea of putting add-on cartridges on, on the Sega Genesis um, because yeah. then it's not really a Genesis, is it? Like, if you have a Mega Drive, and then, like, uh, I don't know, let's say a dual-core CPU, whatever, or, uh, or uh, like a, a phone CPU on, 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 your, on, your, on your cartridge. Right. Then 
it kind of stops being a Mega Drive game, and it just, it just becomes a modern game running well, running on a modern a modern CPU. Well, it could be argued. I mean, like well, the Super NES had a lot of games with add-on chips. Yes, Super the FX, FX chip FX. one, the FX chip agree, two, coprocessors. So what's start- interesting is there was one developed for the NES. Um, there was going to be a Hellraiser video game released oh. for NES, and one of the things they did was have a, a custom-made processor on the chip. And that's what ended up bankrupting the company and ruining the game. I want to say. Um, <laughs> so that wasn't the first. So this paprim <laughs> wasn't the first time it happened. <laughs> the stupid that add-on chip bankrupted the company. <laughs> I did not know that story at all. I didn't either, actually. Yeah, look it up and see if you can. My color it. dreamed. I knew it was my one of the weird indie. The same one that did uh, Menace Beach, and then eventually did Wisdom Tree. Oh, oh God, Wisdom Tree. Yeah. Yeah, it okay. never like there's. A lot of question as to whether that chip ever actually got engineered. Okay. That was going to be the plan that it was going to be like a 16-bit game running on an 8-bit system, which right. eventually we did get something similar with the 32X. But very rarely did yeah. anything and the 32X take advantage of it. Here's the thing, though, Stika, is I agree with you to a point. But uh, what was it? Uh, virtual Racing used the chip, right? No, the on Genesis. The Sega City itself is an ad- is, is a thing that en- enables Genesis mm-hmm. to do more. 32X, same thing. I would have loved to have seen what, what if the 32X would have succeeded, what type of games it could have come up with. You know, it would have been Genesis on steroids, right? So I, I sort of agree. I see what you're saying. Like you'd like a pure Genesis experience as no, opposed but, to but one that's... The thing is, I... I'm... I, I know that the, the Super Nintendo and Virtual Racing had had um, they had uh, enhancement chips, but the thing is, and this might, might this might sound a bit weird, but like because the 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 chips being used back then they were also from that same time period. Yeah, you'd get enhancements, okay. but they were like they were like not not um like you weren't going from a Super Nintendo to a PlayStation or to a PS2. That, that's right. what I mean. Like if you look at the specs they had envisioned for for um, for the Paprim CPU, they're like they were saying it was going to it was going to be as powerful as a, as a as a PS One, but yeah. when I read the specs, it, it it was actually more powerful than a PS One. Like suddenly you had a PSP on your on your on your Mega Drive. Yeah, and yeah. it Kinda just gets a bit of like like okay, I want to make I want to make this video map that looks like a Neo Geo game, but if you have this enhancement CPU that that pretty much puts you on the level of a of a of a of a PlayStation of a PlayStation Portable, it's kind of like how much of that weight is actually being carried by the Mega Drive? Like, yeah. if you're using like like um, Sega's uh, what was it called? Sega the Virtual Chip, or the, the, the Super, yeah, or the, or the Super FX Chip. Like, because they were they were kind of archaic or very very nineties. The the differences or the jump isn't that high in my opinion. So it's yeah. kind of more well, acceptable, like, I guess. It kind of varies depending on which one's doing the heavy lifting. True. If the main chipset of the consoles doing the heavy lifting i would say it's just an enhancement yeah, yeah. in a case of like paprium or the hellraiser chip it sounds like it's completely taken over and it's more a case of it being like shovel knight where it's made with modern equipment but to emulate right. that exactly sound that exactly one. however Which, there's with, nothing wrong with that with shovel, shovel knight, knight there, isn't, there isn't there isn't with shovel knight the music is authentic though they actually used um but yeah, it was they the, used the nes palette sound palette. yes they did oh. but but they used the expanded palette that was used in, I think it was Castlevania three, the Japanese version where they, oh. yeah. Yeah. So the music in Shovel Knight is completely Ness authentic. Like it was created. Well, and that's, you know, one of the things about these new games for old systems is um, the limitations provided by the old systems mm-hmm. can be a source of creativity because you True. have to come up with smart ways to come around it. And we've got now 
decades more experience with developing games. And so it's the classic reconstruction idea of looking at what made the old things good, Mm -hmm. taking away the bad ones and rebuilding it from the ground, knowing what we do now. Yeah. And it can be good or bad, of course, but yeah. 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 And it also, it depends on the people involved. Like Papriam is a classic case of features creep. If we had just mm-hmm. made yeah. a really excellent yeah. beat em up, it'd have been out already. I think We'd you're yeah, I think you're right. If he would have just if he would just went for Streets of Rage two or three levels of detail, sure. Mm-hmm. That's all he had to do, Fonzie was And get it would have looked amazing and probably played amazing. I would say the get agree, the Streets of Rage Streets of Rage three level, which was branching paths and more guys to play, big sprites. That that's all he needed to do, you know, and we would have been happy. But I honestly you're right. think Streets of Rage three would have been an amazing game. Like it's good, would have been amazing if if it if it had been just a bit slower, like I love everything about the game, but it's so fast I can't control it. Sorry, I got my yeah. I, I see I see what you're saying there. Um, okay, so two things before we move on. First, Justin, <laughs> what do you think about this topic? You haven't said a damn thing. There we go. <laughs> uh, what are your have thoughts? Got, have we got enough time? <laughs> go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Pointless. Absolutely pointless. Ooh, fighting words. Ab- absolutely pointless. This is coming from a huge uh, Sega Genesis fan too. So this, this is yeah, and this is coming from someone that saw a load of things that were programmed and coded at the time for the hardware, and I think people hide behind words like homage and shit like this, <laughs> where actually it's just vanity project crap that is uh, completely unnecessary. To me, these consoles aren't dead, right? So they're not dead. Mm-hmm. They are... They still work. They're here. They're, they're beautifully preserved in time is what they are, uh, which actually I think will, will tie nicely into our second topic. Um, and there was what there was. And the game set was what the game set was. So I, th- I, I won't bother touching games like Tanglewood, Right. Not interested. Certainly not interested on a Mega Drive cartridge. Get lost. Mm-hmm. However, even, not even if it, I mean, it's on the Switch. You wouldn't even consider playing ah, it on the Switch. No, no. See, this is where this becomes not as black and white. Because okay. where games are produced in a, or on a newer console with a, mm-hmm. a 16-bit feel or an 8-bit feel, I get it. I think there's actually, there's actually something quite interesting, quite exciting about that. What I okay. don't get, what I don't get is the whole production onto and all this heavy heavy lifting nonsense that you're talking about waste of time you know i the thing you were talking about i agree with what Stika was saying it was constructed at the time for the time otherwise you might as well just have a mega drive chassis put the latest pc inside it have a controller and go aha it's a mega drive it's not a mega drive that's not a mega drive at all um <laughs> So yeah, to me, completely pointless vanity project crap. Look at can I make about... a counterpoint? No, it's me. <laughs> so, uh, so you had you had forty minutes. God, Shut I, up, asked, I asked for this, man. Now I'm regretting it. But this is good to get an opposing <laughs> viewpoint because, I, for me, I'm so I'm so uh, shrouded in my rose-colored glasses for the, the Genesis, particularly that this just I, I love it, you know, and I I, I genuinely enjoy some of these new games not mm-hmm. all of them there's some i play where i'm like eh. but pure solar man yeah. i really enjoyed yeah. playing through pure solar i enjoyed the story it got repetitive but it was it was like playing a new it's a jrpg RPG. of course it did yeah it was like <laughs> playing a new rpg on the genesis man i was i was i was i loved you see, it you know my, my my counterpoint would be a lot of games that try to replicate um old games or old systems 
maybe because they're being they're being created for for newer consoles they don't really end up feeling like the, um, the 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 games or consoles or whatever they're trying to emulate or they're trying to 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 homage or whatever we want we want to go with like uh, okay uh, Shovel Knight, probably an exception, even though you can clearly tell it has more colors than an NES or, or whatever. But still, we, we can ignore that one. But one of, one of the things I noticed the most with these sorts of projects that are not made for retro consoles is the controls, the, the floatiness of the characters, their speed. It just does not feel right a lot of times. I don't know how else to explain, but a lot of times the characters feel very slippery or... or, or there's just something about the way they handle. Yeah, they don't have like not, the inertia like classic. That is not yeah. correct. And like, like again, I'm not saying all of them. Like, uh, Shovel Knight got them correct. Um, there's one called one for the Switch, uh, uh, the downloadable game by uh, Inti Creates. Whatever they whatever they make usually is good too. Um, it's mighty mighty Gunvolt Burst. That's the yeah. One. Okay, yeah. Which, which is basically it's a Mega a, Man it, clone. It's, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. But and I suppose like, I, and I, look, I I understand exactly what you're saying. That that inertia that you just said is yeah. is perfect the um to me you've not truly played an 8 or 16 bit game mm-hmm. unless unless you've landed on and stayed on a platform with one pixel yeah. right <laughs> yeah and and you're like i've just defied the laws of real gravity uh, gravity that doesn't happen with, with a lot of modern games like they're, you, they're wrong yeah. slip off yeah you, you have a bit more sliding yeah yeah, yeah. i know well, we, we it's that another I Mega Man, uh, was it Mega Man uh, 9 and 10? Those were pretty damn yeah, those close were, to being Nest. Well, and it's like very the difference close. between making a game for an old system or one that looks like it. Like, I'm going to tell you yeah. now, watching the footage for Lizard earlier on, that game looked like, like something an NES you found game. on one of the crappy um, bootleg multi-carts you find yeah, from Hong Kong yeah, for five bucks right. at a flea market. <laughs> it looked like crap. And then another game you see... You see, Xeno Crisis on Genesis, it looked like it belonged then. It looked like it was a well-made game from then. It looked like it was released in maybe 93 or 94 yeah. on Genesis. It you depends know. on, are you using the graphics as, are you using the limitations of retro style to be creative or to cover up things? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it's like, it. Yeah. Jimmy Hendrix only used the blue scale when he's playing guitar, but it's still amazing. Yeah. But you well, can be just as limited by that and use just using that scale as a, well, I don't know anything else, but this works enough for me. People like a challenge too. People like, some people like limitations. Mm-hmm. And if you're programming on a PC, there are no limitations. You can do whatever you want. So if you're, if you're tied, if you're hog tied to the 6800 processor on the Genesis and what is it, mm-hmm. uh, eight megahertz or whatever, seven point something megahertz, you got to get creative, you know, and Which some people just, it, people enjoy that challenge. And I see no, you know, to counter Justin, I see no problem with it because you can just release the shit on switch and steam and everything else. Exactly. Too, which is what although, uh, Matt Phillips did. You know, he released Tanglewood. For some reason, the, the guy behind Panzer uh, refused to release the game on anything else. Other than yeah. That, that, that is dumb. I think I yeah, agree with Justin, I I agree with Justin on that. Yeah. That's why? I, that's being the, a purist for the sake of look at me. I'm a purist. And that's, yeah, and that's how, yeah, and that was Fonzie's attitude too. He was like, Paprin yeah. will never, you will never see the ROM for Paprin. You will only get a cartridge. That's stupid. That's it's like, you're like, you're, like, you're severely severely limiting your audience. It's like, like get like, that shit out everywhere. The know? Mega Drive is thirty years old. Sooner or later, they're all gonna die. Yeah, it's gonna happen eventually. Well, and yeah. the problem is the reason why we only shipped games like that on Genesis days is we didn't have anything better. 
Exactly. There's no reason to go back to the parts of, of the '90s that we that suck. It's <laughs> like I love people who build like DOS PC builds, Windows 95 builds. You never see a son of a bitch put one in that's got a one X CD-ROM because those things suck ass. Yeah, exactly. they do exactly. <laughs> it's still a CD-ROM when it's fifty-seven X. <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit there and watch the loading bar go slower than two old people fucking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Stika, why don't you why don't we wrap this topic up and tell us uh, about the future and some games maybe you know about that are uh, that are incoming in the next year or two that you've heard of new games there's a on lot of them any, incoming any of them the, maybe maybe we should get away from genesis if it's all we've talked about is there any other consoles you can think of that have newer uh, new games like i don't know nes or master system or there's a lot of the, graphics any of them the master system has recently got a game called silver, silver valley and okay. um there's a game that which which i did a video on and was like just released uh, digitally a few weeks ago which is called um, Voyage, a Sorceress's Vacation, but they're making a physical edition which will re- re- be released hopefully this year. They're, they're not sure yet. Um, the NES also has a game coming for it called Project Blue. It looks great. And like I'm hoping to, to Ooh, hopefully really get like, like a cartridge or something. Um, actually, actually a, 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 little, a, little, bit, of that. a little bit of a, of, a, of a tangent here. For whatever reason, the Mega Drive developers are always the easiest ones for me to contact with, uh, to contact or, or like schedule interviews or reviews yeah. or whatever. I think it's the most hardcore scene. I think it's people are the most passionate about the um, like, the indie homebrew scene on the Genesis for some it's reason. Like most master system developers are I've met are are literally like too shy to to go on camera yeah. or or they don't feel that part. Of, or they don't feel comfortable enough in like, oh, please don't review it. It, it. I just made this in my spare time. It's not good enough. And I'm like, okay, fine. If you're, yeah. if you're not comfortable, I won't do a video on it. Derek, is play, it, is, play is, that is footage. It not, is it not because nobody's buying their old shit on the Mega Drive and they just need as much <laughs> airtime as they can get? That's the thought. That's... But, but the weird ones are the NES and Super Nintendo developers. They never reply back to me. They never. Like, like, like hey... I, I want, to, I want to interview for for your game and like no, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not, I'm not gonna reply to you. I, I don't know why. Like I I want to do NES and Super Nintendo videos, but I can't apparently. <laughs> it's harder to get in touch with. Yeah, like yeah, I said, I, mean, I it is. NES developers seem a lot more hipster. That says a lot right there. <laughs> yeah, I've met a few at, at conventions, um, and uh, I think at Free, Free Play Orlando like three years ago, I met these NES developers that were making a. NES like development kit type thing where you could make NES games and uh, uh, yeah. NES Maker was released. The software is available for thirty six bucks on their website. Really, NES Maker? Okay, interesting. Oh, okay. If I ever feel like making a uh, Metroidvania NES game, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, can the any, the Metrovania craze please freaking die? <laughs> For yeah. only two good ones, we get a thousand that don't ever need to have a control. That's very yeah. true. Man. But but we get two good ones. So here, playing in back into this topic, a game I've played in the last couple of years, which to my knowledge wasn't released on eight or sixteen bit consoles, but is in that uh, ilk, is Axiom Verge. Have you played? Oh Axiom yeah. Verge? yeah, I played that when oh, I got yeah, my tonsils yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. great wow. game. Great wow. game. Great Amazing game. game. Great game. Great game. So like, the atmosphere was so good in that. The, the genre music. is just like oh, pretty much gosh. tap now, though. I mean. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's like true, the but... same as how a few years ago you couldn't walk five inches without finding some AAA World War II title. 
Mm-hmm. Now indie games are doing the same thing. It develops in cycles. And they're chasing trends for all the talk that a lot of indie people have that they're not the same as AAA developers. <laughs> they run on the same freaking laws of economics as they do. Yep. They go yep. for the money. Yeah. All right, well, we need to <laughs> move on. So let's take, we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we will discuss our second topic, which is going to be lesser-known games that shaped our formative years. <laughs> we will be right back. Second topic, which Steve also came up with, lesser-known games that shaped our formative years. So, we all have these games, right? Um, I'm sure we've all played games. I mean, here's the thing. All games are, are known now because of the internet, right? But there certainly are games that are, you know, less popular than others. So, Justin, you didn't do a lot of talking last round other than to completely um, <laughs> eviscerate uh, – <laughs> our topics. So why don't you start this one off and tell us what you think? What are some of some lesser known games that shaped your formative years? Yeah. I've got a lot of time for the word eviscerate as well. Um, (laughs) I I think, I think you're right. Where I found this um, a bit of a tougher topic is you can, you you can go down that, um, that same route of, uh, uh, you know, talking about games that no one else knows about, like it's some kind of, you know, magic party trick that you've got. A hidden um, gem. <laughs> the hidden gem. Exactly. We've done this. We've we've done this. Metal Jesus yeah. here with a hidden yeah. gem. Oh. Hey. Another another hidden gem. No, I, I I think I looked at it as you know, game. Ga- I took out lesser known, um, but some were lesser known. Um, you know, it, it's impossible not to touch on to start with again, and we're going to keep doing it. The reason that we're here, you know, Tojam and Earl was a game that massively yeah. shaped i mean look at my screen if you i can see i can, see, <laughs> I can see i can see the guys there yes. and it was really really big for for me and and for soren um we know all the reasons why we've we've covered that ground and it um, was lesser known when it first came out so yeah. it got me much and my more brother the only ones that i knew that I ever played it yeah but it, the, it, the sequel is what 
made it became more that game sold really well the sequel if i recall and that's what where they became like i did not like, know that yeah, yeah. So they became basically sega's second mascots after the second game came out yeah it was it was the classic sleeper hit the first game yeah uh, whereas ironically and again it's my little badge of honor i didn't like the second one at all um uh, I've not really ever massively played it because I, I I felt like oh I like this? it it's different it, but I like it yeah the, the the first one for me was was great was sure. a sleeper hit people know it a lot more now um, but I, I'm gonna you know if I if I pick I mean I've got loads I could pick on I could go very very old uh, into like the Commodore sixty four days which would be maybe a bit uh, shonky for some Actually, people I, honestly I, I I would love that because. I feel that uh, computer games are the ones that get most often ignored on, on the internet. I, I think you're right. I mean, and also, because we missed out true. on it here in the States. Well, that's the big thing. The, the US won't have heard of these things. So are you familiar with a game called School Days? Yes, for the ZX Spectrum. Such a uh, great game. Nope. Uh, I actually we didn't have the ZX Spectrum here. <laughs> so We did, game, actually. It was a time well, That game okay. was bully, like Rockstar's bully before Rockstar even existed. 100%. So basically, you're talking about one of the most... I mean, look, it was on the Commodore 64, it was on the ZX Spectrum, probably on the CPC 464. It, probably. It, it was as simple as it sounds. You effectively were the kind of cool kid slash off bully in a school. And you had, to, you had to attend class and be a bit of a nuisance, pick on the other kids, and you had to avoid getting, <laughs> you had to avoid getting lines. Yes. And once you, got, once you got so many lines, you were expelled from school. Now, the, the subplot of the game, which if you look at the video, which I'm sure Zach will edit in, is you, <laughs> can you see those little shields, those little plaques flashing on the wall? Yep, I, I see. I don't know if you... Yeah, you, the different you, colored ones, yeah. That's right. You've actually got a catapult, like the classic school naughty catapult. And the idea of the game is to just basically hit all the shields. That's it. It's, <laughs> I don't actually know to this day if it's possible to complete. <laughs> um, is catapult what Brits call slingshot? It's slingshot. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. English, English yeah. translation English. going on. English. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a, 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 American. A, a, Speak American. Speak a, American. <laughs> A catapult to you is like a trebuchet type thing. A uh, catapult to me is a trebuchet. Okay, now I'm the military history buff, so those are two different things. But catapult's a big ass thing that flings rocks. Yes. Yeah. Medieval catapults. Have, yeah, have like a Lord of the Rings. Shot in my closet. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you definitely don't have one of those in your pocket. <laughs> Dude, the, the you ZX Spectrum. The ZX Spectrum color palette just just kills me, man. It is so <laughs> garish. It has, I've always been amused by the color. It has the most garish Spectrum color works. spectrum of any console but, ever like, made. I both love it and hate it. You know it's a Spectrum game the moment you see it. Yeah, oh, of course. For, for sure. No of course. For sure. And and it was you know it was one of those games of that era that was that I could play again and again and again, and you would just do something different, and you would be you would you would you would it was ridiculous because you would take it to the edge knowing full well that behind the different teachers you'd try and like push a kid on the mm -hmm. floor and then get him in trouble instead of you and the, and the, the teachers had silly names like I, I think one of them I'm not even sure it wasn't the, the headmaster was called Mr. Wacker like with his stick I thought you said Mr. Wanker. Uh, not Mr. Wanker, no, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wacker. I'm sure it's Mr. Wacker. Uh, yeah. They've all got silly names but um, yeah. that would have been one game but I the the one the one game of of many that I could pick, which is not lesser known, but was 
an arcade game that was then ported to everything and is I, is my unsurpassable number one game of all time. Strip Fighter 2. It's not Strip Fighter 2. That's, <laughs> that, that comes in at number two, sadly. Uh, uh, you familiar uh, with Strip Fighter? It's definitely number sticker? two, all right. Yeah, it's Strip Fighter 1. No, it's... Um, <laughs> No, it is is Bubble Bubble, uh, which I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, hell yes. That's well known, so, though, I would say. Great so game. It, it is. It. I think the thing to remember, and again, again, this is always going to be an age-based thing, isn't it? Um, when it was released in 1986. It was one of the big arcade classics of the time, and if you think what you had as you as you were as you were growing up, I've got to sound like an old git, but you know, you didn't have <laughs> a, a million games from a million mm. consoles from the last 30 years. So seeing something new. Um, especially in an arcade that, that at the time was just vastly better than what the home computer could kick out was amazing. And, you know, I found myself growing up in, in arcades or, or they had arcade cabinets and wherever I tended to go quite, quite a lot. Um, and that game, it absolutely captivated me. There was something about it. I, and to this day, I don't know quite what it is. If it's the, 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 the little song, the jingles, the use of the items, the simplicity, the whatever it was. I've owned it on every console. I own an arcade cabinet. You know, I've got the original PCB jammer. Um, mm-hmm. I, a, anything and everything to do with that game. I mean, I was only playing it two days ago on my main cabinet. <laughs> Not even on my original cabinet. Too, Sorry? Do you have a super gun for your jammer stuff? What's a super gun? To play jammer boards on the TV. Yep. Oh no, no, I do not. Remind me to message you about that. There's like you definitely all should. Of... Yeah, I've seen one in in real life. They're great. Yeah, oh, okay. You can get no. for pretty cheap. Oh, I have no, I haven't heard of, of of one of those. That would be smart. Because I am a. So ironically, this is where I'm a purist as well, but based on what we were just talking about before. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like the PCB jammer boards and and how they kick out. But the um, yeah, the thing the thing about Bubble Bobble is is it. It just took me. It was the first game I'd look for in any new arcade that we'd go to. It's like, right, go and hunt out where Bubble Bobble is. It was, uh, you know, something I, I had on my Commodore 64. It was something I had on my Sega Master System where they did a complete spin on it. They doubled up the levels. So there was 200 levels instead of 100. Wait, really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's got. It's, 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 a, it's actually got a, a little twist on it. Um, I did not know that. Okay, so clearly the, the, the Master System game is the, is the one to chase them. Yeah, the Master System's the, 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 the 200 level version and they, they introduced like some different uh, kind of collectibles every kind of 30, 40, 50 levels or something. I did not know um, that. But yeah, I mean, and, and also if, you, uh, if you're really sad like me is uh, you go and look at the, um, the way they, they used to code the game. And you go and look mm-hmm. at like, uh, it's almost like a bit of gaming historian stuff here is um, the items that pop up aren't random. So... Whenever I go to, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of arcades in England, um, like retro arcades. And whenever mm. I go there, I'll, I'll try and set the high score for Bubble Bobble. And I'll stand there on the first level, just jumping up and down. like an idiot. <laughs> And what, what people don't realize if they're looking is that actually the, the, uh, the clock inside the game, it registers mm-hmm. all of the different movements that you make. And depending on how many times you've done certain things affects what items come up. So if you oh. if you jump thirty five times or more in the first level, you get the the mega sweetie in level yeah. two. <laughs> There's someone Boom. I cannot think oh. of that had an actual really good video about how random in computer games and video games at the time wasn't actually random, and I cannot think off the top of my head. Exactly, it really really clever 
would, would use the internal, it's not the only game that's done it, uses the internal counters for even things like pixel movement, like how many pixels that you've traversed, that number is then offset to, to send other things into the game. It's very clever. And it, it, other games do it as well. It just makes use of... I'm going to have this fucking theme stuck in my head all day, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. So so that that for me is where I kind of sit without going off on on like five or ten different games. It, it's, okay. it's been my go-to. It, it's, a two pla- it's a two-player game as well. And, you know, when you grow up with... Which I... Uh, Zach, you did. Uh, Derek, I can't remember. Do you have a sibling? Yes, I do. Yeah, so when you grow up with, you know, Soren was my younger brother, there's a two and a half year gap. You know, especially growing up in that time, that was what, he was my player too. (laughs) Same with me and my brother. My brother's Yeah, my brother's about a year and a half younger than me. And that's that's what it is. So yeah, that's what it it becomes. So yeah. All right. So speaking of that, Derek, what about uh, about you, man? You know, I'm going to kind of go with Justin. Because most of the games that really formed my opinions on this Genesis and stuff were the common ones, but... When I got in like the PS1 era, I started going back to the older stuff. I really loved playing arcade compilations, and I went I went for a lot of the games that like didn't get big names. Like Sinistar is my favorite arcade game of all time. It's got more recognition now, but it's fantastic, and you never hear about it because the arcade was so rare. But um, Bubbles by Williams Midway was another really fun one. Bubbles, and, just called Bubbles. Yeah, and you it used to be on the Williams Arcade Classic. Um compilation but in the later ones it didn't show up for some reason but you played a bubble in the sink cleaning out germs and dust and stuff and it, and you got bigger the more you ate so you can get bigger stuff which is kind of like a combination of smash tv and odell lake but it was so much thing. fun and you never hear about it and like i liked that really got me going into like looking at deeper catalogs of stuff so for me that it actually does get to be a little more formative because of what got me to really look into the libraries of stuff I was interested in. And then like later on, um, I'm, I'm an American. Yeah. I'm a redneck, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm fascinated by the eight bit and 16 bit era of console or computers that Europe got because the whole sit, like this development scene there was completely different than what Mm -hmm. we got in America for consoles. And it was where bedroom coders really were a thing and could get big names like Rare, for example, or Two Brothers started that way. Yeah, and that's right. there's not really a comparable scene to that, except we're never going to have a scene like the late 80s, early 90s when arcade games existed and were better than what we got on consoles and we look forward to the ports to how close they could get. That will never happen again. And that's kind yeah, not, of for the... Not quite in that way. Yeah, it's kind of for our detriment because... Agreed. Now everything has the same feel. Well, just, there's not personality anymore. The closest I can think of to that that's happened now would be like The Witcher 3 on, on Switch, right? So, yeah. you know, they had to downgrade it to get it to play on there. So that the get, And it still plays fucking amazing. Sure, yeah. Like the gameplay is intact and the same, I'm assuming. But the, yeah, and the, the graphics, graphics don't look that much down. Look at Doom. Doom on Switch is a hell of a port. Doom's another example, yeah. So the Switch is actually created... Granted, there's no arcade that we're seeing these games in, but yeah, games that are released on the more powerful consoles are now being ported to the less powerful Switch. So it's interesting to see how the Switch can handle that. Episode on um, deports. Well, deports and (laughs) like the really interesting 
development eras in video gaming. Like, mm-hmm. there's never yeah. going to be a 16 bit wars again. That's probably Agreed. the best yeah. time for gaming ever. Consoles are on and their like, way out. And this it is just really cool. But like, you could look at a game for the you could look at the same game for the Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, or Turbo Graphics 16, and you'd automatically know which one belongs you know. to which system. Yeah, yeah immediately. You know. Yeah, immediately. Even games like Tetris that got ported more time that been to more ports than a nasty sailor. <laughs> they had their own feel for that console, no matter what console was on. How Tetris does he keep Boy? coming up with these? Like, <laughs> where Dude, are they the whole, from? The whole time we were playing Streets of Rage 4, man, Derek is just hitting them one after another, man, one after another, not just <laughs> like losing it. Uh, I'll explain why afterwards I'm probably putting the outtake. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> also, can I just say, when you said, yeah, I'm American, I thought you were then going to follow up by saying your favorite game of all time that's, that shaped you was Mad Dog McCree. <laughs> I, ha- I actually love the arcade version of that. Like, I can't Im- like I can't describe what it was like to be someone who turned like incoming redneck moment. <laughs> I live in Missouri, and Branson is like redneck Vegas. When I was like twelve, it was awesome because like mini golf and all kind. Of, there's multiple arcades there. I can't like describe what it felt like to be like norm- used to shooter games like Lethal Enforcer, which I love. Or Terminator 2 arcade, and then playing Mad Dog McCree, it's like that's a real dude I just shot in the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, it, was, it was all FMV digital. Yeah, know, it was all laser stuff. That's right. And yeah, so I do love Mad Dog McCree. I'm afraid to say it. And I fucking love light gun games, and I am upset that they don't exist anymore. Yeah, oh, that is kind yeah. of sad. It's because I'm a huge did I, nut. Did I tell you that I bought a Time Crisis original cab? Oh shit! Oh, yeah. so cool. Yes, that, that, that was a pain in the ass cool. to move, wasn't it? I'll yeah, it, uh, it was. Yeah, it was heavy. <laughs> which which time crisis? The first one, second one. There's multiple no, ones. No, number one. Number one. Okay. Which um, yeah, it looks it looks quite dated now, but there's still some. It's so much fun. Like, cool. if I did get one though, I want to get like the later ones that had the actual blowback on the pistols. Yeah, I, I I probably one time crisis two. The I think it's the best one in the series. Yeah, I think yeah. two was was pretty. Two, uh, two's the best. Yeah. Oh, it has the, yeah. has the recoil. Light gun games. It has oh, yeah. the recoil, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. On the gun. Oh, so cool. That's I've cool. Got the, and it I've actually got the... feels like, especially to someone who shoots, yeah, it I've does feel pretty realistic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool. All right, cool. So, Stika, man, what about you? Well, we what already actually mentioned two games when we started out. Because um, because I sort of ran out of uh, of uh, modern retro games to review, I kind of been I decided to go back and just look at games that kind of shaped my my childhood for my next videos, which is why I've brought I brought up Dune and ODT. Uh, like I feel the original Dune is a game that is not as talked about as it should, in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, it's a really unique game. Like there's nothing like like it out there before or after. Like. A game in 1991, 92, I believe, where you could explore an entire planet, or you could command armies. But, but besides commanding armies, you could also talk to real people in locations. Like it, it felt like it actually did felt felt it felt like you were a leader. Like like you could walk around your uh, your town or your palace or whatever, but then also con- uh, invade 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 other locations and take over. It there is nothing like it, and and it's really hard to describe. It's like if you mix point-and-click adventure with like a civilization or or total war or something like it. it's it's that is unique. The point-and-click, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, that's definitely. And what? And Justin didn't even know the game existed, right? I mean, until yeah. you just showed it. Yeah, that's like yeah. I, and for the for, and it's funny because for many years, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea it existed either. I always, I, <laughs> here's what I thought. I thought that Dune 2, they called it Dune 2 because it was like a sequel to the, to the movie, right? Like I thought I did a sequel to the movie, the video game. I didn't think there was a, a Dune one video game, but apparently yeah, there but was, like, you know? Most people completely ignore the first game. And the other game I, I, I already mentioned, but I'd like to revisit again is ODT for the PS1 NPC. Um, ODT stands for, or die trying, terrible name. But that's what you get. That's what you get when you, when you, yeah. when you play French games. Actually, both of these are French games. Okay. It's like, what if you mix Tomb Raider with an RPG with a survival horror game and it's all set in a steampunk world and it's amazing like think about this going in the ps1 like between tomb raider 1 and tomb raider 2 and like they saw tomb raider and thought let's make something like tomb raider but completely different completely outside of what they're doing and it was pretty forward thinking because you kill the enemies you gain the experience points which you which you put on on your weapons or your armor or, or your magic but then you also had the two-meter platforming and puzzle solving. But then because it's, it's kind of survival horror, you also had to learn to conserve your ammo or conserve, conserve your, your healing items. Or else in later stages, you, you, you could run out and you could really screw yourself with that. And there's really no game quite like it. You also had multiple character, characters to choose from with different stats and abilities. It's a really unique game that I don't think I've ever seen it mentioned. I don't think there's even a, a, a full review on YouTube if, if you if you look. Yeah, I've it. never even I've never heard of it. So yeah, it's completely unique. Yeah, like, cool. like I, I'm sure I could mention more, but I'm gonna stick with these two. The issue is, um, and okay, I'm not trying to be like a a, a pretentious a pretentious European with this, but <laughs> <laughs> the issue is, um, okay, like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have uh, I um, I feel like. In the United States and probably the UK, there was a lot of media uh, uh, about uh, a lot of media related to video games. Like you have t- television ads, you have a lot of magazines, you have TV shows. Like you, there was a lot of communication about which games were supposedly good, right? Like Nintendo, Nintendo would make ads or, or Sega. You have a lot of that. In Portugal, you didn't really have all all that much. Like I think we didn't get our first gaming magazine until like 1995. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. like like nine like the entire six bit generation. There wasn't an, a single Portuguese gaming magazine. Wow. Um, yeah, because man, for at least in America, every uh, major console they mm-hmm. had their own system. Nintendo Power. Nintendo Sega Power Visions. was my first in like the the what late eighties, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know there was all kinds of third party game or mm-hmm. stuff, classics like Game Pro. Yep. And UK, I know for sure there was a bunch, like especially based on which system you were on. Like I know Spectrum had its own, yeah, Commodore sixty four had its so, own. So did you not? Did you not have like so when we used to have like Commodore format and Zap sixty four and 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 Spectrum? All uh, I think that was ZX format. Did you not have like demo tapes come on the magazines? I guess did you not have those? We would literally have uh, kiosks with imported uh, UK magazines and Spanish magazines or wow. German magazines. There, there That's was not insane, a single man. Portuguese magazine. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, 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 well, it, like it is pretty crazy. You guys so, are a pretty small country, but yeah. So the well, issue yeah, is like, yeah. unless you spoke the languages, like you just be looking at pictures on, on on a magazine. So, so what happens is, and and I think that this is pretty interesting. If you look. At like a like a Portuguese gaming collection for for the master system because 
the the master system was the more popular eight bit console, or 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 for the Mega Drive or whatever, you're gonna see an entire slew of games uh, because people didn't know what, what was good. Like you go to a store and it it buys something completely blind because unless unless the game was Sonic or Mario, which they were famous enough that we we know they were good, uh, people didn't know what was good, so they'd make a lot of blind purchases, and and because of that we would end up playing. A lot of games that if you go like to YouTube today, people don't even know they exist. I think like a lot of the 8-bit and 16-bit uh, computers, microcomputers, mm-hmm. and, and for America, the PC mm-hmm. DOS game, a lot of those games are never going to come back up because so many people are doing small-scale productions. Like yep. a lot of – even on something as big as um, – what's the name of the damn company? Sierra started mm-hmm. off as selling their games in little Ziploc bags. And the, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, one thing I'll say about the TV thing in America, I don't remember till I was almost out of high school seeing a review game or a review show on TV, and it was okay. X Play. I mean, we had game our shows about games, but it was usually either adaptations like the cartoons or yeah, something like Nick Arcade that just showed the that, games, and that's yeah, it. that's it. That, that's what I was going to mention. But like even even having a, a TV show that showed the games, at least you know what it looked like. Yeah, like, you you didn't have like uh, just a bunch of blurry screenshots on the back of the box to go by and that's usually what, what we had to go by so and okay. I, I, i'm just mentioning the console but like even pcs or 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 um right eight bit computers like people just kept making blind uh blind purchases and that's it's some, just so and, insane and, to me and like because crazy. of that i played a lot of stuff that nobody has ever heard ever heard of and ldt was one of them and, I, and the game was really good so you would just go to the store, look on the yeah. shelf, and look at the back. And like, and like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. Literally no magazines. That. Literally yeah. that. Unless you, unless you had a friend who like who had imported magazines, and unless you could actually read the language, because uh, my English was not very good uh, uh, until like a bit later. Yeah. And uh, maybe, and like even today, my Spanish is just kind of iffy. So so yeah, you, you kind of just had to go with with what it, like is the cover nice? Are the screenshots pretty? That's it. That's that's my that's all the information I get. Okay, that's a cool story. It's a, it's a sad story, but it's also cool because you, uh, <laughs> you you got to find games that you probably never would have um, mm-hmm. if you had a magazine. I mean, on the topic of Toe Jam and Earl, of course, I found out about Toe Jam and Earl uh, from a ma- from GamePro. You know, I mm-hmm. saw the review, thought this looks cool, and I went and I, I happened to be in a store with my grandma, I think at one point, and I saw it and I convinced her to buy it for me. So. You know, but I, I may never have bought the game if it weren't for that review in GamePro magazine. But as far as me and lesser-known games that shaped my formative years, probably I had to think about it, but probably the top one for me. Well, there's, I mean, I got a huge list here, but Forgotten Worlds is definitely <laughs> one for me, oh, which is which is not a super well-known Capcom game. People have heard of it, um, but they're not super familiar with it. It's a shmup. It was one of my first <laughs> shmup. One of my first shmups. Um, and it was one of those ones that me and my brother and our two friends down the street just just played countless, countless times. And, uh, well, Life Force was another one, but Life Force is a, is a more well-known game, I think. <clears throat> but Forgotten Worlds got me, and was one of the games that like, got me in the shmups. It's funny you say Life Force is a well-known game, but I, hadn't, I, I had never heard of the game Salamander. until like 2009 with YouTube. All right. Well, so maybe it no, wasn't as well known as no, I think no, it was. But, but, you know? but that, 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 go back, that goes back to my point. Like a oh, lot of yeah. games that, that are famous for you, I had never heard of. I had never heard That's of Life true. Force. Yeah. I, uh, a lot of people in my country do not know Castlevania. I knew Castlevania because I played the yeah. Game Boy games. Right. But many people did not know Castlevania. 
um, Gradius I had never heard of. Like, mm, okay. yeah. like, like you, you have no idea how many, how many like locals there were in my game. You were in a unique situation uh, compared to the rest of us, I think. But, but you sorry, know? I interrupted you. I'm oh, sorry. it's all right. No, <laughs> you're in, you're in more of a bubble. You know, you're in a bubble. Kind of, it yeah. sounds like because you didn't have a lot of outside influence from magazines or TV commercials mm-hmm. or stuff for games. But um, another game that came to mind was um, Blizzard's very first game which was actually called RPM Racing on the Super oh. Nintendo. And that's another one me and my brother played a shitload of uh, growing up. <laughs> one of the, It was one of the first um, racing games I really got into, I think. Like, I, I often say that the first video game I ever played was Pole Position on my Atari 2600. But RPM Racing, uh, you could build your own tracks, which was really cool. You could design your own tracks and... Um, it was it was a precursor to rock and roll racing. I, I call I, I call I it the pro, I call it the prototype to rock and roll racing because the gameplay is identical, um, but it's just it's le- a little less refined and you know. But the cool thing was you could create your own tracks. So yeah, RPM racing, which for years and years I never knew was a Blizzard game. Um, that that was their first game they ever developed. I had no idea actually. Yeah, I know, right? And they mentioned it at BlizzCon one year not too long ago. They 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 mentioned they were talking about their history and they said we you know we started with RPM racing and I was like, holy shit, they acknowledged <laughs> they acknowledged RPM racing, which is a little known Super Nintendo game that barely anyone's heard of, you know? So that game was big for me. Um I always I can't go on I can't go by an episode without mentioning Draken. Uh, on the, the oh, Super yeah. game because it was my first RPG I had ever played. I and have the on... PC big box right over there. Oh man, you and you and Andrew would get along. Andrew from <laughs> Retro Island Gaming, he uh, he's big into collecting the box. To... What 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 version do you have? You got the Andrew's box. Andrew's fucking awesome. IBM PC actually, yes. You have the DOS version, which is a apparently a shitty version. I think <laughs> all of them are Z. No, I mean, not. I kind of liked it back in the day. It was kind of, it, it was different, even though I it's very it different, and it's very strange and very atmospheric yeah. and very uh, dense and hard, hard to figure out. But it was my first RPG, and basically, it you know, it threw threw me in head first, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But um, it's it shaped it shaped a lot of my gaming completely because I I'm still to this day I love RPGs, and it's because of that that game and Final Fantasy uh, four, but that game particularly, oh, great game. Um, Draken. Uh, and I always have to mention, I've mentioned it probably more episodes than I haven't at this point of this podcast, because <laughs> I love it so much to this day. I played through it uh, last year, I think, again. He's Googling it. Oh, look, Justin. Another, uh, and another point another point about living in Europe, you got to get the English version. Oh, yes, the English. Yes. <laughs> oh, English. oh, look at this. Look at, Look at that. Dude, this is amazing. <laughs> I got a screenshot this for Andrew. Bo- both of you, hold, hold up those. And I've got, I've got something else for you as well. What version you is your that? Pants on. Yours is bigger, though. That's what she said. Way! Um, no, look, look at it. Look, yours is what version is that, Justin? Which which uh, which uh, computer is it for? IBM PC. And you both have the IBM PC yeah, version. That is you, so no, Yours looks bigger, crazy. I think. I'm not sure. No, are you wow. sure? Now oh, I wait, wish no, I... Okay, no, no, you're right. You're right. It is the same no, size. Yeah. Right, look, look, I don't have also, the box. Yeah, I also got the novella. It gives it a novella and everything. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got wow. that. Thing. That gives you the backstory because the uh, I, I played the Super Nintendo one, which um, apparently the story was butchered in the translation What's because it was trans, it was translated twice, I think, is what oh. happened. But is the it Super like Nintendo, you translate something to Google Translate and then put it back to see what it looks like? Kinda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the Super Nintendo had a map, which none of those had, and it also had the best music, so there was a trade-off there. 
people. I, I miss the era of getting like the feelies with physical games. Like this, this is not the middle. This is an actual book uh, with wow. the story, with the background story. That is so cool. Yeah, I need no, to read right? it because that'll help me understand what the hell was going on <laughs> in the game. So anyway, Draken, and this this was a treat that you both had. That that's that's fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, so Draken, uh, the Guardian mm-hmm. Legend, which my box is sitting. Game. You can probably see it behind me. It's getting dark. I saw. Here, I saw. I was jealous. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have the Guardian Legend sitting there. Um, I have an interview with the creator of the game coming up. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, Munatani. If I can ever fucking finish translating it. Um, <laughs> so almost like Japanese is hard. Well, yeah, Jimmy Hoppe translated, but I, I'm I'm doing I'm subtitling it, so I've just oh, you know yeah. life and things. I did so that once. It, it was it, hell, it's a yeah. pain. I'm still working yeah. on it. So yeah, obviously, Guardian Legend shaped my gaming habits immensely. I love dual genre games like uh, Sneaker brought up earlier. Um, obviously, it's a shmup. It's a you know it's an adventure shooter. Mm-hmm. What else? There's one other game I want to mention: um, Master of Magic on uh, PC. DOS. It's a game. Oh God, here we go. Came out in 1995. Um, It's probably my favorite strategy game of all time. I don't play many strategy games anymore these days, but uh, Master of Magic needs, they've tried to recreate it countless times. There's a lot of other uh, companies that have tried, you know, making remakes of it and it's never, never quite the same. All right, here we go. There it is. There it is. You're you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. (laughs) You know, you know, I kind of want actually, to get into collecting PC boxes, but I never see them where I live at. Did you it's, know Master of Magic is actually a spinoff? Of Master of Orion, yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Another one of my favorites, Master of Orion 2. Master of Orion. I don't great. have the big box of that one, sadly. Sorry. <laughs> Stika, we should totally play Master of Orion 2 oh, online sometime. Uh, oh, God. So good. I, I played it recently. Me and my buddy, I got my buddy to play it with me. And you can, their server's still up. You can play easily online. <laughs> yeah, it that. plays really well um, to this day. So. Yeah, Master of Magic, just a great uh, evil magic uh, wizards, sorcerers type strategy game where you can build towns and, and explore, and it, it's fantastic. So, yeah, those are the games for me. So why don't we wrap this up, and thank you, everyone. Stika, tell us a little about your channel before you go. Uh, well, uh, I do a lot of uh, retro game reviews. I tend to focus a lot on modern games for retro consoles whenever new ones come out, because right now I'm going on a bit of hiatus on that. I also like to do a lot of mini documentaries, usually focused on either Portuguese gaming history or Brazilian gaming history. And um, yeah, that's kind of it mostly. Please follow me so uh, I can stop being a micro-influencer. Yes, (laughs) The Brazilian gaming industry is a fascinating topic. It is is. really fascinating. Yeah, it really, it truly is. And uh, yeah, definitely follow, uh, subscribe to Seiko if you're into any type of... uh, retro gaming you'll love this channel uh, it's fantastic i can say he's gonna be the second portuguese youtuber i'm subscribed to oh, that's cool oh, what's the that's first good one? pixel know. thing in tegza i don't know he does 3d printing and engineering oh, okay. stuff okay, 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 okay cool okay. all right so all right on behalf of derek moore justin day stika i'm zach smith aka agro sky we're the game fellows and we'll see you next time later bye-bye folks